Good morning and welcome to Tea, Toast and Towers. Roger, welcome to The Breakfast Show. Great to be with you. Good morning. Good morning. has it been to appear on the uh, Brit Towers Breakfast Show, mate? That's a question I get asked frequently. I'm sure you have, but uh, let's hope we can get you on every week, shall we? Uh, we'll work night and day to, to make sure that happens. Tom, what do you um, have for breakfast, mate? Probably a lot of stuff that's made here at the house. We have a garden out back, um, so we have like a lot of vegetables. Um, like every, All the salads we eat come from our garden and so forth. Um, but just a lot of good, healthy stuff. That sounds, um, yeah, real appetising breakfast here, Tom. Thanks. And we shall crack on with the show while Roger goes and uh, gets his breakfast. So we'll do a reverse of um, previous shows. We're going to go from British Bulldog upwards and just an overview of the British Bulldog League table, the way it looks going into week eight. So Greenwich Galaxy have taken the top spot now away from uh, Quantop Blue Jays and they're sitting top with, uh, say, 5.3 uh, average points per game advantage over the Sheffield Falcons who are sitting in second Sheffield Falcons had been top um, for the first early part of the season and Quantock have slipped down to third but Greenwich and Quantock are still in the cup still in the BFFL Cup we are at the semi-final level and they're both going up against BFC opponents so we're either going to see no appearances or an appearance in the final from the Bulldog teams Carlisle sitting fourth there and uh, obviously Jess has moved on now to Herne Bay up in the BFU but they're still there the the team that she drafted have uh, amassed 1376 points and you got Ascot sitting in fifth they seem to have been sitting in fifth for quite a while the teams above them are juggling around the teams below them are just that much more behind that they haven't been able to close the gap yet You've got Hamilton Demon Cats, um, highest placed Scottish team in the British Bulldogs, in sixth, followed by North Arts Pumas and then Coatbridge Scimitars, the next Scottish team. And uh, Sussex Packers, Palmer's Green, and South London Saints all seeing out the 1,200 plus scorers. And then you've got Cornish Wizards sitting in 13th, followed by Gospel Exiles. Uh, Cornish got, uh, that's about a 30 point advantage over Cornish. Uh, over Gosport, sorry. And you've got Hereford Bulls sitting on 1,099 and then the Bradford Seahawks on 1,070. So that's the state of play in the British Bulldog. Uh, a little bit of waiver news from the week was that um, uh, Quantop Blue Jays, as they head into their cup week, semi-final cup week, they picked up AJ Green off waivers and they've released Ammon Russ and Brown. So that was a bit of waiver news there from the Bulldog. We should move on to the BFO. 
So it's interesting times in the BFO. Um, we've got Tyne Hellraisers in the North Division. They're 100%, the only 100% team left in the Brit Towers universe. They're sitting there on 7-0. They're averaging 183 points per game. They've equaled the winning streak record, uh, which uh, Swindon, Suffolk and Sittingbourne um, are sitting there as joint holders. So they join them and they're going into week eight to put them as the only team on the board to have the longest winning streak as a league record. So big week eight for them. And then you've got the Granite City Slayers there sitting in second on three and four and Gorebridge on three and four, uh, just separated by points four. So uh, the North... You know, Tyne have got a four-game advantage over Granite and Gorebridge. They've got quite a big safety net there as we get to the business end of the season. So they're going to be looking at stretching out playoff confirmation three or four weeks away probably from that, depending on how the results go behind them. If Granite and Gorebridge, because we're out of division now, in the division play, Granite and Gorebridge can't pick up any wins and then Tyne keep winning, that timeline could reduced quite significantly and you know in the next couple of weeks we could be, we could be seeing tiny hell raisers if they keep this winning streak going having a code blue so now come on up coaches they're one and six um they're looking to want to look to get back in touch we'll go over the quickly the schedules in a minute for week eight for bfo um in the east peterborough sitting top on five and two but then south end second and five and two just separated by points for dundee crocodiles on four and three and Haverhill still looking for that first win of the season now that's quite tight between those three teams you know they're juggling around Dundee were top and Southampton and then Peterborough go top and it's really close in that East Division and their points average points four per game you know you, you're ranging from 167 to 180 between those three teams so that's that's a division to keep an eye on and that, that one could go to the wire to the end of the season if they carry on doing what they're doing in the South West London Sting now go top of the BFO South, they uh, take that spot away from North Devon Vikings who lost in week seven. You got Oxford Scholars on three and four, and then you got Gibraltar Macaques, my team, my new team on two and five. So I've got a win back, so I'm looking to try and close the gaps down there. And in the West, you've got Newport five and two, Utoxeter on four and three. So Newport and Utoxeter have been swapping the first and second around. Um, through the weeks and they're doing it again then you've got Eastern on 3 and 4 and Bromsgrove on 2 and 5 so that that division's starting to become a little bit more tighter now I've kind of picked out a couple of games of the week which I think are going to be really interesting uh, Dunty Crocodiles uh, best named team in fantasy football going up against the Tyne Hell Racers hoping to end this winning streak that they're on now Dunty Crocodiles are averaging 180 0.91 points per game Tyne are averaging 183.47 points per game so very close on average points for if you add into that that Tyne are going to break the winning streak record they want to keep their 100% record going Dundee are a good team and could be a stumbling block on that I think we're potentially looking at this as the BFO game of the week potentially I think with every everything on the table there but <laughs> But let's not dismiss this game that I've highlighted out. Southend Adventurers against the Gorebridge Gorillas. I'm just going to read you out the average, average points for per game. Southend Adventurers, 167.86. Gorebridge Gorillas, 167.71. If they carry on in that vein, that one 
is going to be a really interesting game to watch. Gorbridge sitting third in the north. They're going to be looking to get back in contact with um, uh, Granite or go above Granite if Granite lose and try and close that gap on Tyne. And Southend are sitting second in the east in a very tight east division at the moment. So both those teams <laughs> with that so much that tight average points per game. That's uh, but my my game of the week. I, I think I've got to go with Tyne and Dundee on this one. Uh, because of everything that's on the table there. Let's look at the BFU. It's the BFU, and this is an interesting level going into week eight. As the standings sit at the moment, out of the 16 teams in the BFU, only six have a winning record. And out of those winning records, four are on six and one, and two are on five and two. No other team has a winning record in the BFU. That's it. So after week eight, we'll still have six teams with a winning record because even if teams that are on three and four win, they're going to be on a tied record. So you're not going to have more than six teams still after week eight on a winning record. Really interesting situation. Um, the teams um, who are on the winning records, your four, six and ones are Bonnie Riggs sitting top of the north. You've got Dover sitting top of the south and then Charlton sitting second in the south. And then you've got Oldham sitting top of the west. Your five and two teams is Sheffield sitting second in the north and Great Yarmouth sitting top of the east. So, interesting. So let's quickly run through the league tables. Bonnie Riggs six and one. This is the north. Bonnie Riggs six and one. Sheffield five and two. Leeds three and four. Wakefield two and five. Tough division that north. I mean, Wakefield are sitting bottom on a two and five, but they're still averaging 174 points per game. That's not shabby by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just a tough division. Then you're going to the east, and you've got Great Yarmouth on five and two, Braintree on three and four, Chelmsford three and four, Herne Bay one and six. The south, interesting division, because you've got two, the two teams on six and one, then you've got Southampton on three and four, Jersey getting that win this week, important for them to get that win this week, get that O out the win column, uh, they go to, they're going on one and six, and then in the west, Oldham have got that three game cushion over West Coast Mariners who are on three and four. St Helens on two and five, and then Marlborough on one and six. Rather than say a game of the week in the BFU, I'm going to give it a situation of the week because the six teams that I mentioned that have got the winning records, it's just going to be interesting to look at their games to see how they perform. So Bonnie Rigg are going up against the one and six Herm Bay Jedi. Um, Sheffield sitting second in the north. They're going to be going up against Braintree who are sitting second in the East, but, you know, Sheffield are averaging 192 points per game. Braintree are averaging 165. Form book says it should be a Sheffield win. We know it doesn't work out like that. Um, then you've got Great Yarmouth. They're going up against Wakefield, who do have a superior points per game advantage over Great Yarmouth. So that could be, a, that could be an interesting game to watch. Dover are going up against third place in the West St Helens and Charlton are going up against fourth place Marlborough and then Oldham in the West are going up against third place Southampton so it's West and Souths. Again the form book says that those winning record teams are 6-1s, your Dovers, Charlton's and your Oldham's should get another win on the board. The form book says. I say that loosely. So it's more of a situation of the week than the game of the week um, to look at those six teams with the winning record to see whether they can eke out um, a, a bigger advantage over their divisional rivals. I mean, just looking at it, Dover and Cholton in the south are potentially two weeks away 
from confirming that they can't get relegated. And they're just playing for playoff places after that. Two weeks, potentially, depending on how the results go. They could basically say, right, we're either staying in the BFU next year or we're going up. We can't get relegated. And remember, finish bottom of each division, you're being relegated this year to the BFI. So there's a lot to play for. If I was, you know, just for a bit of fun, if I was going to pick out a fun game of the week to watch, West Coast Mariners are going up against the Jersey Devils. Why would I pick that out? Because both of those GMs are American. So it's the transatlantic derby. I just thought I'd throw that one out there. So yeah, the BFU is going to be really interesting to look at um, as we go into this week of games. Um, <clears throat> like I said, even after this weekend, there's not going to be any more than six teams on a winning record. There's still going to be the same six teams. Um, whether they win or lose so uh, interesting times in the BFU as we go out of division we'll look at the BFA so we're into the BFA it's third level of our universe and um, let's look at the standings and I'll just run through the games uh, South Yorkshire are now sitting top of the BFA North they got four and three so have Haydock but um, South Yorkshire have a superior points four and then you got Perthshire on three and four, Glasgow on two and five. Glasgow getting another win on the board. Perthshire now on a three-game winning streak. But it's a South Yorkshire five-game winning streak there in the north, which has pulled them to the top of the division. In the east, sitting crew still sitting top six and one. They've got two-game advantage over Durham Destroyers in second on four and three. Then Stevenage and Deal Broncos both on three and four. Now sitting crew are on a two-game winning streak. Um, every other team in the East um, are either on a one, two or three game losing streak at the moment. So Seton have got the bit between their teeth. We're still a couple of weeks away from any playoff talk. Um, as you know from this division last year, it went down to the wire. It potentially could be the same again. In the South, Jurassic Coast Jackrabbits, they're sitting top. They're four and three they're on a two game winning streak. And then behind them, they've got Isle of Wight on three and four, South Devon on three and four, and then Sittingbourne sitting fourth on two and five. Now, Isle of Wight are on three-game winning streak. They were 0 and four. They've just gone on this winning streak. Um, they have the best average points per game, um, points for in in the division on 169. So they're going to look at kicking on. We'll come to that in a second. In the West, Western Renegades back to winning ways. They're on five and two. They've got uh, one game advantage over Birmingham Reapers on four and three. Then Causeway on four and three, and then you've got Derry on two and five. So a uh, tight division there. But the reason I said I'd come back to Isle of Wight, and I've just mentioned Causeway in the West, because that's potentially the game of the week. Because Causeway uh, are going to the Isle of Wight this this week. They're averaging 171.85 per game. Isle of Wight are averaging 169.02 a game so close match up there uh, two other games where the, the points for are quite closely matched uh, Deal South Yorkshire and Durham Haydock Series 3 North setups there uh, Stevenage going up against Glasgow Seton are going up against Perthshire Derry are playing Sittingbourne both teams sitting fourth in their division both teams wanting to get wins back on the board they're both on two game losing streak at the moment Birmingham are going up against South Devon uh, Birmingham are hoping that Western Renegades who are going up against Jurassic Coast uh, will falter so they can get onto the same record so that's an interesting little matchups to watch there Western Jurassic Birmingham South Devon but uh, the BFA bubbling 
it's bubbling. Um, all the divisions are pretty tight. Let's be honest, you know, there's, whereas we've seen in the other leagues, um, there's massive gaps being produced. I mean, I think biggest gap we've got at the moment is in the east where uh, Seton have got a two game advantage over second place Durham and then three game advantage over the teams below them but other than that it's just one or two games advantage <clears throat> excuse me yeah Western have got a three game advantage over Derry sitting fourth in the west but then Western came out the stalls like the clappers at the beginning of the season but now it's just starting to even itself up so some interesting interesting matchups there in the BFA this week um, on the on the Waver news front, uh, Jurassic Coast picked up um, Smash Perrine off waivers uh, to replace Tony Jones. Derry signed Ricky Seals Jones and they released Tyler Eifert. And Seton have picked up Kendall Fuller and they've placed Jabril Peppers on a season IR. But that's your BFA. Let's have a look at the BFC. So it's the BFC. Um, in the north, Merseyside, sitting top, 6 and 1, back to winning ways. You've got Airdrie in second on four and three, Rochdale on two and five, and Leaf Pirates on one and six, who the GM left um, this week. We've got a caretaker GM, uh, Mike from Quantock Blue Jaces, stepping in to see see over that team for the rest of the season. And we'll look at putting a permanent GM at the end of the season. Um, in the East, you've got Colchester, six and one, the 100% record's gone. So they were, they were taken down by the Croydon Wildcats. But they're still six and one. They've got one game advantage over Hebben on five and two, and you've got Suffolk two and five, Hartlepool two and five. In the south, with that win over Colchester, Croydon go top of the south on five and two, with Redditch on four and three, and Bevisher three and four, defending champions. And then Wessex, two game winning streak, two and five. Wessex are back. And in the west, Warsaw, five and two. Solly Hole now moving to second on four and three, Cardiff on three and four, and Chorton Bees on two and five. Now, it's been really difficult to pick a game of the week out. Because it's more, again, as I was talking about in the BFU, it's situations of the week. Um, because you've got like, seconds playing firsts and thirds playing seconds where, depending on how the other results go, we could see changes um, at the top of divisions. So I'm going to highlight he uh, Hebben Merseyside. Uh, Merseyside is sitting top on six and one. Hebben is sitting second on five and two. And it's mainly because of the effect of that game what happens in the other games because uh, in the north if the Merseyside lose they go 6-2 and two, but then if Airdrie win their matchup against Colchester tough ass because Colchester are on a, a massive sort of like 6-1 and one record and they're averaging 198 points per game but if Airdrie can turn that over then Airdrie are then back within one game of Merseyside again in the east if Colchester do falter against Airdrie and Hebben do beat Merseyside Hebben are then on the same win loss as Colchester in that east so that's why I'm going to highlight the Hebben Merseyside Airdrie Colchester matchups because of what's going on there you know but there's some great other matchups Cardiff Redditch I had highlighted Walsall Bedfordshire and uh, Chorlton Croydon again for similar reasons depending on how one result goes it could affect that division so there could be a few few changes division divisional wise um in the bfc this week so we'll be keeping an eye on those um news wise it was you know it was an okay week in the bfc there's a lot going on suffolk eagles have put uh suffolk eagles have put dante fowler on ir they've signed jonathan greenard airdrie took in anthony brown for cover for jabril peppers 
Wessex traded Matt Ryan to the Warsaw Guardians for Derek Carr. Big trade in the BFC this week. Leaf Pirates sent Max Williams to IR. They've picked up Tommy Tremble and Hartley Paul Havens have signed Geno Smith. And they've released Kellen Mond. Solly Hull Spartans signed Xavier Woods. They've got him in season cover for Alexander at defensive back there. And Adafi Away has been signed as season cover by Leaf, who placed Jace, Chase Winovich on IR. And then Wessex have placed JOK, Jeremiah Uzukuramua. They've placed him on IR. And they've signed Troy Reader. So I'm going to be looking at these results quite with quite a lot of interest as we... Uh, as the weekend pans out because there could be some potential changes going on here as we head into week eight that's the bfc we're now going to the top level bffl it's the bffl so let's have a quick look at these standings so in the north it's the manchester hornets three game winning streaks in top of the division five and two one game advantage there over edinburgh in second You've got Newcastle, defending North Champions, on three and four. Yorkshire on one and six. Yorkshire on that six-game losing streak. They, they want to turn that round um, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, or things are going to start looking a bit difficult in that North division. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. In the East, Norwich now top uh, five and two. Uh, Medway on four and three. Essex three and four. Cambridge three and four. So the defending British champions sitting third in that division at the moment. Coming off the back of a loss um, after week seven. Then in the south, you've got Brighton, four and three, and then the three teams below them, in order, all on three and four. So you've got London Hawks, Swindon Steam, London Jets. And then in the west, it's Bristol Trojans back on top, six and one, Dudley, five and two, Worcester, two and five, Somerset, two and five. Looking at the matchups, I'll just run through the uh, schedule for week eight. Essex sitting third, they're gonna go up against second place, Edinburgh in the north now. Edinburgh do have like a 16 points per game advantage over the defending champions. And Edinburgh will want to keep in touch with Manchester. If Manchester start putting together an, uh, a couple more wins to extend their winning streak, Edinburgh wanna just keep in touch with them, but also keep Newcastle way behind them. Norwich are going up against Newcastle. Uh, Norwich averaging 165 points per game, Newcastle averaging 153. Formbook says Norwich win. Edinburgh would be pleased to hear that, but the Formbook doesn't always work, does it? Medway going up against Yorkshire. So Yorkshire do want to get back to winning ways, but it's going to be difficult. Medway averaging 176. They've got about 25 points per game advantage over Yorkshire. Will Yorkshire get the win here it's going to be a massive game for them massive game um, but they're Medway they want to keep in touch with Norwich and they're looking behind them at Essex and Cambridge are only one game back Cambridge are going up against Manchester and another tough game I mean uh, Cambridge are averaging 147 points per game Manchester uh, highest, highest in, uh, scoring in the league in the BFFL sorry 197 points per game so they've got like a 50 points per game advantage that's uh, it's gonna be a tough ask but it's doable we all know this Bristol going up against Swindon <clears throat> interesting matchup Swindon obviously got the caretaker manager in at the moment Bristol back to winning ways they'll want to start making sure that they've got their sights set on the playoff I mean they're sitting in the West and they've got a four game advantage over Worcester seven weeks of the season left in the next couple of weeks if Worcester and Somerset don't start putting wins together 
we could be seeing a similar situation, and I mentioned this in previous breakfast shows, of Bristol and Dudley cementing their playoff places pretty early on. Then we go to Dudley, and I've highlighted this as my game of the week. It's Dudley Scorpions on 5-2, and two, going up against the Brighton Sharks on 4-3. and three. Brighton sitting top of the south, Dudley sitting second in the west. Both GMs met at the NFL London games a couple of weeks ago. It's the points per game average. Brighton are averaging 168.67, Dudley are averaging 169.45. Both coming off a losing week. Both three and one in their divisions. Interesting. So that's my that's my BFFL game of the week. It's Dudley against Brighton. You got Worcester going up against London Hawks, and you got Somerset Sea Kings going up against the London Jets. Hawks sitting in second, they'll want to get themselves out of that three and four, stay in touch with Brighton and hoping Dudley can do them a favour. But ultimately, Worcester and Somerset, they're going to not want to put wins on the ball. Worcester are coming off the back of a win. Uh, Somerset had a losing week last week. They all, they just need to keep in contact with Dudley and Bristol over the next few weeks and hoping that teams can do them a favour by beating those dominant teams at the moment. So that's your standings and your schedules going into this week with uh, news wise uh, Manchester have, have got a one week replacement in Khalif Raymond but they're pretty pretty quiet in the BFFL this week Yorkshire Panthers picked up Jalen Ramsey as a season cover for Caleb Farley they've sent him to IR and the London Jets sent Jabril Peppers to IR and they've picked up DJ Reed. but other than that it's uh, you know pretty pretty quiet in the BFFL this week on the news fronts so that's your that's your roundup of the British Hells universe this week and um, I just want to thank you for joining us we're looking to get more guests on get GMs on to talk about their teams and uh, we hope to see you next week you alright over there Roger? great to be with you that's been the Tea Toast and Towers third breakfast show thanks for joining us um, check out our Twitter at British FFL but check out our partners as well at Nayala Designs at Five Yard Rush at five yard college at full 10 yards at outside underscore huddle the outside the huddle podcast and at mugs nfl go and check them out and i'm going to play you out with a tune that i did as an undertone when i was doing the results it's by a fantastic deep house dj and record producer from spain it's rise by tube backer